0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: All right, let's bow our heads today. Father, I thank You for this morning, and I thank You for what You're doing And I pray, God, that right now, you are among us. Lord, you are going to speak to us. And Lord, you're going to speak through your word to us. And you're going to change who we are. And God, when we we look closely, we're going to find what you've been trying to say to us. Thank you, Father, for your presence and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Quickly, we have several passages today. Uh, I want to read to you from John chapter 19. I'm going to read to you from Mark chapter 16. And then I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 23. That's the first hour. And then, just kidding. All right. Let's read quickly. John chapter 19, starting in verse number 38, says this. Afterwards, Joseph of Arimathea, who had been a secret disciple of Jesus, watch this, because he feared the Jewish leaders. He had been a secret disciple of Jesus, but once he saw what Jesus did for him, he made his faith public. Some of you, it's time for you to get a glimpse of what Jesus has done for you. He asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus' body. When Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and took the body away. Now notice this, with him came also Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He too had come afraid for others to know. Nicodemus brought about 75 pounds. How many pounds? 75 pounds of perfumed ointment, perfumed praise, made from myrrh and aloes. Following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body, notice this, with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. I want you to see this. They prepared his body for burial. They anointed his body for burial. The normal body would have not had near this much spice put upon it, but the 75 pounds was that of a, of a governor, of a king. Nicodemus, a wealthy man, brought a 75 pound offering to prepare the body of Jesus. Now this is really important for the rest of the message today. I want you to remember 75 pounds had already been applied. Following the burial custom, they wrapped Jesus' body with the spices and long sheets of linen cloth. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before, and so because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus here. They laid his prepared body in the tomb. Did you see that? They had already spiced his body He was fully prepared for burial. Mark chapter 16, verse number one. Saturday evening, this is important to notice, it is now Saturday evening when the Sabbath ends. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, who is also known as Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Hmm. His body has already been fully anointed for burial. Some of you are saying they just didn't know that, but let's read on. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb, and on the way there they were asking each other, this is important to note also, who will roll the stone away for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. Praise God. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in white robes sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, and I'll just get excited with this, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Come on now. That's worth celebrating right there. Amen. But very important notice, this is where his body was laid. This is where they laid his body. Notice that right here, this is it. If you've been in that tomb that I go to there, it's not much wider than, say, this area here. Here, that's where his body was laid. Luke 23, quickly, verse number 55, we'll end up in 24.1. It uh, says, as his body was taken away, notice this, this is important. As they took his body off the cross, laid him on the cloth, bloodying the cloth, pouring on the oil and spices, watch this, The women from Galilee were there also and they saw, they followed and they saw the tomb where his body was placed. The women from Galilee, Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Salome and others, they see them take down Jesus' body. They see them anoint his body. But yet scripture says they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. It's very important. Why do you prepare spices to anoint a body that's already fully anointed? Interesting. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun. So they rested as required by the law. Now upon the first day of the week, see we have this misconception here that it's only three women. But very early in the morning they came to the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared. Notice this. And certain others with them certain others came with them all of them carrying spices that they had bought and now they were bringing they bought it and they brought it i want you to help me with that they bought it and now they brought it this is very important so what does this have to do with Mother's Day? What does this have to do with what we're celebrating here today? What does it matter if they saw his body anointed for burial, but yet they came bringing spices of anointed praise Anyways, what does that have to do with anything? See, you have to understand this is not the first time that we have seen Jesus' body be anointed for burial. Two weeks before, he's in a town called Bethany just up the road. And during that time, he goes into a house that doesn't even value his presence enough. They don't even wash his feet. But in through the crowd comes a little woman that most people considered unworthy and most people deemed that she had no right to enter into his presence. But she's carrying something. They don't know what she's carrying. But as she carries something, she unravels that and she sees that it's an alabaster flask filled with a costly, spicely, anointed perfume, and as she comes to Jesus, all of a sudden she pops open that perfume, and she pours it on his head, and people begin to get upset because they say, watch this. She waste that on him because it had too great a value. And the problem was the value she placed on him was greater than the value of the perfume. They couldn't see it because they had lost the value of Jesus in their eyes. Now, are you with me? We're going somewhere. I'm going to teach you something here. And this is important. They say to him, Jesus, why do you allow this? And Jesus says they are prepared. Wherever the the gospel is preached, what she has done will be talked about. For she prepares my body for burial. She's anointing me for burial. Before Nicodemus anointed him for burial, he was already anointed for burial. And so you have to understand it's not a culture where they bathed as often as we do. But during that time, have you ever been around a perfume or something or working with a chemical that gets down in the pores of your skin and no matter what you do for days, you still smell that? Now stay with me and watch this. They still smell that. No matter what they do, they can't get rid of Jesus. Everywhere he goes, it smells like the anointing. Everywhere he walks, it smells like the anointing. It gets down into the follicles. It gets down into the pores. It gets down deep inside of his skin. Now watch this. And so just a few days later, they'll take Jesus and they'll cross his hands and strap him to a whipping pole. And the Bible says they would take a whip and they would begin to lash his back. And with every lash, a welt would form. What's happening? The pores are bursting open so that with every lash, watch this now he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my iniquities but with every lash an anointing for healing is literally springing out of him i want you to get this this is important it's super important now why would nicodemus go buy 75 pounds of perfume spice and oil when jesus's body has already been prepared for burial because he valued jesus What drove the disciples that morning to the tomb with something they had to go? I've never seen this. They went and bought it. I'd always preach they brought it, but I never noticed they bought it. Why would they go pay something to bring it to Jesus when they know that he's already been anointed this way? Because they were declaring his value. I don't know where this is coming from. I'm just going to give it to you from my spirit. Some of you don't even want to be in church this morning, but because mama wanted you in church, you declared her value and came to God's house. Watch that. Can I tell you, mama's not the only one who wanted you here this morning. Papa in heaven wanted you here also. And so we declare his value. What caused the woman with the alabaster flask to spend the money that probably would have bought her freedom from her bondage? What caused her to do that? She had found something that was greater in value than her freedom. I'm reminded of the words of King David who said, I will not offer some sacrifice that costs me nothing. What does this mean for our lives today? Too many times when we come into God's house, our praise becomes platitudes. Watch this. We flippantly say, oh, praise God. Cheerleaders, get up here and go, give the Lord a hand. We flippantly go, Pastor Don, you're supposed to behave. It's Mother's Day. Let us just make a promise with each other. I'm not behaving. You don't behave. And maybe we might learn something today, okay? I want you to get this. You see... Platitudes and praise are distinguished from each other by value. When you simply say to somebody, I love you, it doesn't mean uh, as much as when you go and you look them in the eye and you go and you make preparation and you say, I have come to tell you that I love you. Last night, I got to see an illustration of this that I I didn't expect to go into my sermon, but this is how the night's gone. See, I've got a little boy that's going from elementary to middle school now, and so as he's going from elementary to middle school, he seems to think that his bedtime is more appropriate for someone who's not going to middle school. (laughs) And so we've been having a little war over that. I'm like, you better be ready on time, or tomorrow you're going to bed 30 minutes earlier. So I'm telling you, every tooth gets scrubbed 10 times. I'm like, you're going to rip the gums right out of your your head. He's he's taking as long as he possibly can. Last night we prayed. I put him to bed. As I'm walking away, he he says, Dad, I didn't hug you. I said, I know you love me. He said, but I didn't show you. I said, not tonight. Not falling for that. He said, but mom doesn't know. I said, mama knows. He said, tell her again. I need her to know. See, the difference was it wasn't a, I love you, I'm shooting off the bed. It was I got to show you something. What would happen in your life if you would buy a praise that says, "I know my God is waiting for me to get to his house and when I get there, I'm not going to go in there with a flipping platitude. I'm going to go in there with something that cost me something and I'm going to declare who he is and what he's done. I'm going to lift him up because he's worthy and he's holy and he's just and he's got waiting on you, and he's faithful and he deserves all the praise and all the glory. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why don't you push a little bit in praise this morning? Amen. I'm trying. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that to you. <laughs> you see, they bought it. Say that with me. They, they what? Mm, somebody learned when you help me say amen, I, I preach faster, okay? You see, when you buy it, you own it. You don't have to give it. Have you ever bought somebody a gift that ended up being kept for yourself? Come on now. He bought them flowers and a box of chocolate, and all they got was flowers, glory to God. <laughs> Come on now. I thought I told the Wednesday night crowd this, but let me just tell you, I, I, I don't feel spiritual about this at all, but I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> we baptized until 1215. Many of you helped uh, on Sunday night. 415 people baptized. That was awesome. God was doing some great things. Amen. God's good. When I got out of the water, my knee was swollen. It was swollen until about Thursday, and so, you know, thinking of Charlie, when when he, he's got a young boy's condition, when I say bring the peanut butter, he shows up with the pickles. All he heard was the pee. All right, he he doesn't listen always. So when I got in my truck on Monday morning, I said, "Oh, my knee is swollen." He said, "What did you say, Dad? You're obese and swollen." <laughs> I said, I I didn't say it, but I can't deny it. Come on now. Amen. Back to my sermon. I own it. You see, you own it. You do what you want with it. When Nicodemus bought 75 pounds of praise, he didn't have to bring it. I'm sure there was a lower standard for an itinerant preacher that had nothing, nowhere to lay his head. But yet he brought a king's offering. The conversations he had had with Jesus had changed his life. And so what it did, it took him from being an, uh, an itinerant rabbi who might just be right to the king of glory in the eyes of Nicodemus. And so his praise carried a value. For the women who were converging with spices upon the tomb that morning, each of them had a story of value that they wanted to portray to him. All the way back to the woman two weeks before with the alabaster flask, with every coin she exchanged, her heart swelled to honor this one she would follow for the rest of her life. You see, these people were establishing a precedent. True praise has a price. True praise has a price. You see, we have been buying into things our whole lives. We have paid the price for our sin. We have bought into the lie. We have had mistakes that cost us dearly. We have barely made it through a sickness or a tragedy and the toll has been costly. And when we look at what life has cost us, we have to make a decision. When we survey our lives, we will buy either the herbs of bitterness or the spices of praise. Some of you go, Pastor Don, you just don't know where I am. No, you don't understand what I'm trying to tell you what's happening in this moment. When you choose praise, you realize that your praise is backed by the price you have paid. For some of you, you don't understand this lifting up your hands, but you don't understand what it means to deflect the pain as someone's abusing you with those hands. But now the hands that once deflected pain, that paid a price to even live, now are lifted up in glory to the King of Kings that says I could hold on to it, but instead I let it go and I declare you are worth more than what I paid. Let me hurry that you declare the glory of the one you once cursed. You bought it. Now you bring it that you stand in his honor. When others would be crumbled, you bought it, but now you bring it that you dance in spite of disease. You bought it. Now you bring it. You see, there is no doubt in my mind that we all have some bought praise. We all shouldn't be here. We all have excuses to taste of the herbs of bitterness. But my question for you is, I know you bought it, but have you brought it? I thought about these women. With every coin they turned over for the spices they were buying, they knew his body had already been anointed for burial. That wasn't what it was about. It was about honoring him themselves. Look, you might have honored him, but I have not yet given him the honor that he deserves. I'm trying to behave, but I am tired of somebody else's praise taking me into the presence. I should not be standing here. I am a flawed man. I am a failed man. I have weaknesses and struggles and scars and pains, and I have lots of mistakes that have cost me dearly in this life. But yet I declare with you, we might have bought into the lie of the devil, but then we believe the truth of the gospel. And because we believe the truth of the gospel, I can take all of that pain, I can take all the struggles, and I can lay them at his feet. And what was once bound in sin begins to dance in the presence of the king because he paid the price. He bought it and it's my job to bring it to him. Come on now. Some of you go, but Pastor Dunn, you don't know what I've seen. No, you don't understand what these women had seen. Just three days before they went and to buy this, they had watched the one that they loved the most, the one they'd been anointing for weeks, the one who had already, they'd already been praising this way for weeks. They watched him, watch this, they watched him get beaten. They watched him be clothed at this bloody pulp. The Bible says he was beaten so bad that you could not recognize him as a man. And they stick a crown of thorns in his head, throw a cross on his shoulders. He falls before them, blood ladders on the women because he says to them he says to them if they'll do this to the green tree what will they do in the dry season he's had, he's communing with these women they're close enough to see it all and the bible says it was the women who stayed at the cross and it was the women who followed them all the way to the tomb they had seen it all but watch what happens here you see why did they bring spices on that side of the cross the reason they brought spices after all the pain was they saw the pain but they weren't going to let the, wasn't going to let the pain change their praise they'd already been bringing spice praise. And so now in spite of their pain, they gathered the spices. They prepared the oil. They prepared this praise. They prepared the perfume and they were headed out that I don't care what I've seen and I don't care what I've experienced. He's still worthy. He's still holy. He's still good. He still deserves the praise. And I'm going to bring it whether he knows it or not. I'm coming because he paid the price. All right, let me close with this. True praise is not easy, nor is it free. True praise arises from the moments when it would be easier to stay in your place of defeat. When your pain pushes you down, your sin shames you into submission. Face up to it. You bought it. Now you need to bring it. And I've said this too many times, but I'm going to say it until you get it. Don't let what is wrong in your life keep you from worshiping what is right about God. Can I show you what? Will you give me just a moment to show you what God showed me about when they get there. Who'll give me just a minute? Who'll give me five minutes? Oh, hold your hand up. You'll give me five minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20. All right, that's plenty. All right. Watch this. Watch oh, this is good. They're on the way to the tomb. Does anybody remember their conversation on the way to the tomb? Who will roll the stone away? They've got their praise. Who's going to give me access? God, would you help me get access? God, would you help me help us get? Lord, would you send somebody to roll the stone away? With something. They come around the curve, and the prayer has been answered. The stone is rolled away watch this what do you say when you've been praying god rolled the stone away for us and you come around the corner and the stones rolled like whoa praise god he's already heard me that's awesome he's already done it can i tell you what they thought was their answer to prayer was the portal to a greater miracle so they thought they were going in to find a dead king But when God opened the door, it was not so they could encounter a dead king, but so that they could become living testimonies of a risen Savior. Watch this. They step into the tomb, a space about like this. There's an angel sitting there. And the angel says, a a young man sitting, bright clothes, bright skin. He says to them, he says, Don't be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth. The one who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Notice what he said next. This is super important. He said, behold. Behold, look and see where they laid him. Now watch this. Why this is important. What is left where they laid him? A cloth and a napkin. The napkins folded neatly. But the cloth is there it's empty but it's there but what happened when they brought his body off of the cross and laid it on the cloth he was mangled mess what happened to the cloth it became stained with blood it's important stained with blood and then as they started wrapping it around him as joseph would wrap nicodemus would pour joseph would wrap nicodemus or his servants would pour As they're preparing his body, watch this, the cloth becomes stained with blood and praise. Now stay with me. I said, Lord, why are you showing me this? Certainly this message is complete. He said, no, look, the blood gave them access. The blood is what gave them the right to step in to that new way of thinking that Jesus is alive but watch this but it was the praise that they carried that brought them where are the disciples they're hiding but it was their praise that brought them to the position to encounter the resurrected king are you following me watch this Some of you are just happy you have access. And yet you wonder why you're weary. Gather up your life. Gather up your praise. Gather up your prayers. The Bible says that they ascend before Him as a sweet-smelling perfume. And you come find Him. But Pastor Don, I'm not worthy. No, the blood gives you access. But it's the praise puts you in the right position and you too will become living testimonies that he is no longer dead he lives and he lives in me stand with me if you would today